Welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. This is a podcast that will help you identify the negative and sexist rhetoric thrown your way and how to stand up for yourself in its wake. You will hear Jackie's personal story of how she survived an emotionally, familially, and financially abusive marriage and how to identify and prevent toxic family and professional relationships for yourself. It's not amut to be an Armenian woman in the diaspora. It's empowering. Let's switch this conversation up about us and take actionable steps towards uplifting, encouraging, and empowering ourselves each day. Hi everyone, welcome to Armenian Women Empowerment. Thank you for listening to me today. I'm so happy for all of my listeners that choose to listen to me and I hope that what I talk about resonates with you and whatever doesn't resonate, I suppose you can just toss. Um, It's so important that we empower each other and revere each other and today's topic is no less than doing that but it's something that's really, really important to me As we move in closer to Armenian Genocide recognition, April 24th is coming up. And as we moved out of the month of March, which was Women's History Month, we really should consider continuing the campaign to encourage each other in whatever endeavor we have, especially an endeavor that will contribute to the Armenian cause in any way possible that we can, that's a good thing. And so many of us contribute in so many different ways. It's undeniable. But when we look at the quote that says, it's not what you know, it's who you know, that unfortunately is what happens with Armenian women in the Armenian community. And it's a real shame that that still is something we look to. It's not what you do or what you, you know, what you're educated in or what your expertise is in, but actually who you know in that field you're trying to get up in. Well, that just seems antiquated and old to me. It's not really feeling good when it comes to modern ideology and the Armenian woman and women in general. I think women in general can actually resonate with this podcast too, and not just Armenian women, but for my purposes today, it's to empower the Armenian woman. And so as we move in closer to April 24th and you're thinking about things you can do, consider empowering and encouraging a young Armenian woman, whether they're in your household or beyond, because we've done enough to not we've done enough discouraging it's time to encourage so this podcast actually is also coming out of a space where i've heard from you either on my direct message on instagram or in conversations with you when we're out and about in the world particularly in the southern california world in the glendale community I tend to hear a lot of Armenian women saying that, saying things like, what's the point of pushing forward this new product or this new ideology? What's the point? I don't know the right people. They kind of tend to make me feel like I should know the right people in order to move forward with my whatever it is. 
my book, my theory, my career, my discovery, uh, my invention. And it's really just sad that we actually do poo-poo the Armenian woman if she doesn't know someone something yan, someone yan, um, someone important yan. Pop, we, she doesn't know anybody in the popular yan community. And so why should we promote her idea, book, product, or career? Why should we? Who does she know? Oveinka, ove. Well, hate to say it, but we are pretty damn important. We're Armenian women and we are so important. We're all that in a bag of chips. And what the Armenian community is doing is pushing us away. And pushing our all thatness into other places that do accept us and do revere us and will promote us. And sadly, that might not be you, Mr. Armenian community. And I say Mr. because it's usually um, the Mr's. I mean, look at the top three rows, the front three rows of any event you've ever attended. Who's sitting in the first three rows? A lot of old, important, so-called men. Some women, because, you know, their wives are next to them. But for the most part, it's just a bunch of old men sitting in the first three rows of any important function at the Alex Theater, at UCLA, more hall like you know we we have a tendency to just revere the armenian man it's still an armenian man driven culture just like a lot of cultures but i am really encouraging you to take a look at this more closely because we need each other so badly now we cannot afford to lose even one more armenian woman that is important to our community and can become very important in sustaining and extending and um, bettering our community. We can't afford to lose another Armenian to this silly notion of, you know, well, she doesn't know council member Yan so-and-so and so therefore we're not going to promote her well she doesn't really talk to so-and-so or she doesn't do it right you know when she talks she just doesn't do it right she doesn't know how to play the game so therefore we shouldn't encourage her and what that does is it really puts a little taint on the Armenian woman. It, it kind of makes them feel discouraged to move forward. It's happened to me so many times. I have so many stories I can't even tell you. My God. Um, I had a good story about a wine event I went to, and I think I mentioned it in another podcast, but I remember I was talking to someone, and the woman who was running the wine event, she invited me actually, and the woman who was running the wine event you know, she actually came up to me and yelled at me and said, 
I brought you to this event and you're talking to an important reporter and you're saying that you're not sure if your product is going to go forward. Why didn't you promote yourself more? Don't you know what to do? And I was like, how is that encouraging to me? Who are you to tell me how I should promote myself? It wasn't at the time something I wanted to do anymore. I was moving in another direction and I was just having a conversation as though this reporter is someone so important in my life that I need to, you know, speak better to her? Seriously? Does anyone know me is what I wanted to say. <laughs> but I'm not like that. I, I take a different route. I take a more humble route. I, I just don't, you know what? I don't tell people who I am. I don't need to tell people who I am. And I'm quite proud of, of, um, my family actually for not being all braggy about well you know that'll be in part two I'll, I'll tell you about part two but you'll you'll hear that story in part two but I'm just so grateful that my family didn't take that braggy part of our family and put it into the public because the braggadocious I don't think are making it any easier for Armenian women to even want to contribute to our society. They don't even want to step up to the plate of their own lives and for our lives too, because they don't get the encouragement. You know, just because you, you know, graduated from this or that university, that doesn't make you any better than anyone else who didn't graduate from that university. Would you agree? I mean, I'm not saying that there aren't good universities out there and you shouldn't try to get into one. I'm just saying, does that make you a better Armenian? because you went to that specific school. The same goes for knowing the language. Is knowing the Armenian language A to Z, forward and backward and extremely fluent, more important than the product you're trying to push in the community? Should we base all of our endorsements on who you know and what you know, not just who you know, but what now are we going to add what you know too? <laughs> well, she doesn't know how to speak Armenian, so therefore, okay, so now that takes the quote in another direction, right? It's not who you know, it's what you know. Well, it's not who you know, it's not what you know either. <laughs> oh my gosh. But seriously, I think that we can do a whole lot better encouraging each other and stop internalizing it. Stop promoting the same people over and over and over again. Stop promoting their family members just because they're associated with another family member. We never did that in our family. You shouldn't do that in yours. You know, everyone should be allowed to pave their own path. And yes, if it's easier for some that way, good, more power to you. But I've heard from enough Armenian women who say and continue to tell me, continue to reach out to me on direct message even and say, why aren't we talking about this important topic? Why aren't we talking about how our community members are really just out there to downplay us because they think our ideas are outlandish since we don't know the right people, since we weren't raised by the right family, since we didn't go to the right schools, since we're not related or don't know the right council members, the right 
uh, you know, superintendents, the right leaders, the right lawyers and doctors. Since we don't know these people, since they're not in our sphere, we shouldn't be promoted? Seriously? If that's the case, then we're doing a huge disservice to our Armenian women, especially the younger generation. We're doing a huge disservice. And it doesn't just happen in the community, it happens in the home first. So if you're gonna you know, say to your child, your daughter, you're gonna say, well, you know, our family isn't related to so-and-so and therefore, you know, you're not gonna get, you know, it's gonna be hard for you. Everything is gonna be hard for you because you don't know a certain person. You know, there's, and, and not only that, there's kind of an expectation too that the Armenian community has for you to know certain people, for you to be affiliated with certain organizations that make you more important. So like, even if you don't know someone particular, if you're not a part of this or that organization, how can we possibly endorse you? You know, that's a feeling that's really hard as well. I don't wanna be put in that box, in that corner, and neither should you be put in a box and in a corner just because you didn't uh, have a career in a certain arena or you didn't have a certain group of friends. Like what does that say about anyone else who comes to our community from the outside? And when I say community, I'm talking about the Glendale community. The Glendale Armenian community is very Glendale centric. And we have a tendency to just kind of birds of a feather flock together you know, and so when you do have this young Armenian woman coming from somewhere else and some other place, whether in the arts or the sciences or just merely wanting a job, we have a tendency to make it seem as though they're not that important. We're very good at ignoring those who are trying to say, hey, 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 I have an idea, I have a plan. We are very good at ignoring those women because they aren't in the right organizations. They aren't in the right Armenian affiliations, schools, institutions, and churches. And that, my friends, is a shame. That, my friends, is what I call amot. How dare you not take a listen to someone just because they're not part of your organization, just because they, you did not contribute or, or volunteer for your school. Why? Why would we do that to each other? That's not helpful at all, you know? And in part two, you're gonna hear a little bit of my story but what I wish I added in part two is also this notion of how, you know, while, while I was going through my divorce, I remember 
someone from my family coming up to me saying, aren't you glad that you aren't a big deal in the Armenian community? Because everybody would have talked about you when you got divorced. You know that, right? You would have been like the talk of the town. And you know what? I can't say that they're wrong. I can't say that they're wrong. It might not have given me the encouragement. If I knew that I was somehow going to be a disservice to the community at large by getting a divorce, I may not have gotten a divorce. Is that interesting? So the person wasn't wrong. The person was not wrong. We still have this very, very cottage community of people that think that, well, if you rock the boat in a certain manner, it's going to affect it negatively and not just be life happens, right? It's not just going to be life happens because you're going to be seen as the one who did wrong by making such a bold move, like a divorce or even a marriage for that matter. So even though it sounds ridiculous, <laughs> I am glad I wasn't somebody in the community because I know that I would be ostracized for getting a divorce. And amotink, shadamotink when we think that way, shadamotink when we have to spend the rest of our life with a narcissist or an abuser, in my case, an emotional abuser. What? Who are we if we are going to judge contributory Armenian women? Who are we as a nation if we're going to judge our own mothers that brought us to this planet? What judgment we bring on our heads? What judgment? You know, I was talking to my boyfriend the other day and he shared with me something that had happened to his mom. Actually, his mom shared it with me first and then I heard it from him and I'm like, wow, that that was a huge impact on her life for sure, right? Well, when she got a divorce from her then husband, my, my, my boyfriend's dad, um, her parents grew to like him so much they said what did you do to make him go away and that is so Armenian culture to me it's really the same kind of reaction I got from my mom she'd become such good friends with him because he made a point of being good friends with her so that she would hate me it was an awful position to be in and maybe that's going to be another podcast. But at the end of the day, she liked him. And she's an old world mom who still thinks that way, that it's the woman's fault that you're still not married. So imagine if I was someone important and now I'm still not married. I actually was the one who divorced. And, you know, we bring this unnecessary shame on each other. That's what I'm trying to say. And it is absolutely positively unnecessary. It's not helpful when we don't choose to advertise and promote and um, 
you know, idolize each other, when we choose to do the opposite of those things, we are making the Armenian women even smaller than they already felt from the very start, depending on what kind of families they were raised in. And God bless you if you were raised in an Armenian family that supported you and made you the woman you are today. I'm happy for you. I really am. But that's not the norm. I'd like it to be the norm. I'd like it to be the norm where we were all raised in families that said that women could do anything and should do everything, should be encouraged to explore themselves and pave their own paths without having to know some important Armenian man yan <laughs> to get ahead, right? So I hope you enjoy part two. That's coming up next. Until then, happy, happy, empowered Monday. Hi, this is Jackie from Armenian Women Empowerment. And I am asking for you to consider advertising on my podcast. I will personally advertise your business for you. I will read it professionally and include it in the commercials in my podcast. Are you tired of hearing me advertise the Anchor app? Probably so. And I think it's time for me to expand and advertise your business. I have some very uh, reasonable and um, great 2022 rates for advertising your empowered Armenian woman business. And you can reach me at Armenian Women Empowerment on Instagram, or you can reach me at my email address, Jackie, Aw, 2019 at gmail.com. That's J A C K I E A W E 2019 at gmail.com. Consider advertising with me and make your business grow in an empowered Armenian woman way. Thanks. Part two starting now. Sorry about that. I had, um, a technical difficulty and I'm back um, and so what I was trying to talk about today is a really important topic I think because so many of us are out there with all these wonderful talents and and abilities to move mountains for Armenia and beyond and ourselves alone we're important enough to move mountains for ourselves of course but i mean when you feel like you are being ostracized because you don't know the right people or maybe you've even made hmm let me let me how do i put this so maybe you've even made a minor faux pas along the way and you've had a little mishap and you've done something that is now getting you a reputation in the community. It goes, you know, it's it's not just who you know, what you know. Sometimes it's actually how you did what you did. And there seems to be a lot of judgment as well on Armenian women, right? There's a judgment factor. Well, you know, back in uh, the, uh, the Stone Age, she did this, and therefore we can't possibly listen to her now. But do we do that to men? Probably not. We wouldn't even do that to men, right? 
And when I say that this is a who you know, not what you know community, I'm also talking about about you really affecting the Armenian woman because let's face it, it's the Armenian man who they want you to know, right? What Armenian man, what Armenian council member Yan or something Yan or, you know, politician Yan or historian Yan do you know or whatever it is, like, you know, you have to, you seem to have to, you know, ride on the curtail, the coattails of the man in order to get somewhere. So I don't think this is something that affects Armenian men as much. Maybe if you're listening to this, um, it's an Armenian women empower men, it's for women, but also the Armenian man empowered enough to listen. <laughs> and if you're listening to this and you think that you've also been in this kind of game of, uh, you know, well, you don't know the right people and therefore you don't know the right people in the community and therefore, you know, if you feel like you're also stuck in that game, then let me know. But I'm pretty sure that this has a lot more to do with the Armenian woman not being recognized, being underserved and recognized and underappreciated. Because at the end of the day, it's the Armenian woman that is walking behind the man in some way walking behind, not next to, not in front of, but definitely behind in some way. So, so you know, let me tell you a story about myself. Something I really appreciate about the Armenian man in my family is actually, interestingly enough, he'd probably even be surprised that I would even mention this, but I really do appreciate this about my brother. A lot of people don't even know who my brother is. So, you know, being a historian in the family, he's always had a lot of attention on him. I mean, for crying out loud, he has a Wikipedia page. Like this is a pretty important person in the community. But what he did was interesting. He did not run around promoting or shouting or gloating or um, boasting about his family and look at me, look at me, look at who I am. I'm so, so important. These are my family members. Now get them jobs. You know what I mean? It wasn't like that. He's very humble, in fact, and very private and very much advocating for people to become who they become on their own. And I'm not even joking when I say that I, when I took my brother's class back in the day in um, Glendale Community College, I got graded just as harshly as the next Armenian person in his class. I got graded just as harshly as the next person at all in his class. I mean, I, rem I still remember that, you know, I had the, like this grade, I'm not even gonna talk about it. I looked at it and I thought, oh my God, I can't believe my brother's giving me this. This is my own brother. And he's totally ostracized this paper. I'm a good writer. How can he say that? How can he do? But at the end of the day, really, what that was, was a lesson in, hey, 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 step it up. Look, this is, no, 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 no. You're not going to get something for nothing. You're absolutely not going to get that just because you have that last name that happens to be quite revered, you know? And I appreciate all the non-boasting he did. I appreciate all the non-attention that he drew to his own family because what ended up happening is I worked hard. I stepped up my own plate. 
I was able to discover my own path in the community and how I wanted to contribute and work and, you know, um, volunteer and how I wanted to present myself. It wasn't an expectation of how to present myself. It was an allowance of my own freedom within that Armenian community path. So I really appreciate that. Was it hard? Absolutely. Did I get a lot of people who were in disbelief and just couldn't believe what I was saying? You know, are you related to, yes I am. Oh, really? Oh my God, okay. You're an important person. No, I'm not. I'm just a person, <laughs> okay? And when you, you know, when you're, hmm, how should I say this? You know, it, when you're schmoozing around, are you schmoozing around because you have to, you want to, or, you know, is this something that it was told to you to do so that you could sit in the first three rows of that special event that happens at the Alex Theater, you know, once or twice a year, pre-COVID, of course. Are you in a little post now, so we're opening up, right? Are you doing this because you know that whoever knows you based on you know your association with them then you're rest assured that you have that position you see because that tells me that we're not going to be working hard we're not going to be really stepping up to the own our own plate of our lives you know we're not really going to work that hard so that's why i appreciate his under um, his underrepresentation of me because that gave me an honest open door to pave my own way and be my own self and you know if there are disbelievers along the way because they just can't possibly believe they're like okay well he's never mentioned that he's even had family members that are alive okay and how does that make me less than what I am a writer a podcaster, an educator, a leader. What? How does that make me less? It doesn't. Because just because I know him shouldn't make you think that all of a sudden now I am all of those things. I've always been. It's just that it wasn't announced, bragged about, and no one really, you know, this is something else too that I notice about the Armenian community. No one really cares anymore about an individual other than themselves and their families. This is absolutely true. You know it. There's no reason to deny that. We are very self-centric. I've talked about this before. It's part of our nature. And so again, I, I circle back to the fact that my brother did not over um, uh, overpopulate me in the world or any of his sisters. He did not overrepresent and boast and, you know, push or cajole people into liking us because that allowed us to be who we wanted to be and how we wanted to contribute in the society and in our Armenian community. And all of us have contributed very well. 
and there's you know there's nothing wrong with not contributing well in the Armenian if you want to community if you want to contribute to another community oh bravo to you too because that's really hard to do isn't it <laughs> I don't think Armenians have enough time to do that but if you are then good for you because you're being inclusive and that's okay so you know let's take a look at how we hmm how we value each other as women. Let's really take a look at how we have so much more room to boast about each other. We really do. If you have a friend that's doing something wonderful, why not talk about her a lot more than you do? Why don't you talk about her a lot more than you do? Probably because there are people in the community that are you know, looking at that person as, you know, well, she doesn't really know anyone. Why do you even want to promote her? You know, what's what's the reason? Why should we read her book? Why should we hire her? Why should we listen to her story? Why should we buy her product? She doesn't know someone, something, Yan, in the Armenian community. Therefore, I'm going to put my attention on the usual suspects with the usual last names with the usual contributory um, uh, work they do in our community already every day. And wouldn't it be great too to promote ourselves because, because we're also alleviating the jobs of everyone else who would like to leave a legacy, of course, for their family, but also wouldn't mind someone else taking their important role because eventually we are going to pass away from this earth, right? We are going to die at some point. There's nothing wrong with, you know, death. Death is part of life, so let's get used to that. But so why wouldn't it be a great thing if we did open our doors more to promoting Armenian women business and at, you know, and leaders of the world. Why, why shouldn't we do that even though they don't know the right people? Why not? Because if anything, we will gain an inheritor. We will gain, you know, an heir to a wonderful already contributory thing, right? Organization establishment um, political uh, institution you know we have so much to offer as Armenian women we have so much to bring to the table and again if you're going to just base that person's offering on who they know and you know, the one little niche that they managed to get themselves into because of a family member or because of somebody else they know, then you're really limiting us. You're really limiting the Armenian woman in your life and in your community. We already have so much to contend with outside of the Armenian community where women aren't, uh, women aren't sponsored enough, mentored enough, uh, brought into value. Why do it to our own community that needs so much to be valued and you know to be working for Armenia 
um, you know, every day I look at social media posts and I see that Armenian women are doing things all over the world, just beautiful, wonderful volunteership and non-volunteership, you know, non-for-profit and for-profit. I'm seeing all of these wonderful, wonderful women doing all of this wonderful work. And the majority of them are, unfortunately, people that know other people in the community. It is true. And that is just sad. As wonderful as they are, if you look really deeply and you kind of see who they know, what they know, how they got there because of this organization or that organization in Glendale that put them there. Yeah, it's kind of sad. It really is. Just because you like someone doesn't mean that they deserve to be promoted just because you like them. Let's let each other, let's encourage each other so that all of us have that freedom, the kind of the same kind of freedom I was, you know, given to move my own life forward, my own plans, my own endeavors. You know, when we encourage each other just because we're Armenian women and not because of who we know, then we're doing such a great service. We are our own promoters and advertisers and all of this can lead to the discovery of things you know, to, uh, you know, the creation of things, beautiful art, beautiful sciences and education. We can help each other move mountains like Mount Ararat. And right now I want to move Mount Ararat into Yerevan <laughs> without a fence around it. Right now I'd like to move that mountain back into historical Armenia, right? Um, so that's what I wanted to talk to you about. And if there is an Armenian woman in your life right now that could use this message, have them take a listen here. I want them to know that I promote you and I don't care what your last name is. I don't care who you know. I don't care how, well, I care because I, I, I care about you. But I guess what I'm saying is I would promote you because you have a talent because you're Armenian and you're so cool. And I want to encourage you because whatever you have to bring to the table is certainly going to be a value and can only get better with encouraging words. So if you're not going to encourage them yourselves, encourage them to listen to my podcast. <laughs> this one in particular today so that they can become encouraged to continue to do whatever they want to do. Last but not least, I wanted to share with you a little story about how women, not particularly Armenian women, but I think this is also an example. This is also a good example of how um, how society in general can make us feel like we have to know something, you know, know someone in the industry in order to move forward or be someone else. You know, 
my my career teaching has been interesting an interesting road and teachers are largely gendered work the teaching field in general whether you're you know a noon aide all the way up to a principal or superintendent it's largely gendered work it's a largely female population and when i was teaching right i had um i had an esl class it was a writing class and i always loved oh, it was one of my favorite classes well reading is also one of my favorite but i loved the writing i've been writing since i was a little girl i've been writing since my sister bought me a writing journal with a little locket on it for a very long time i don't even remember how old i was maybe nine or ten but i've been writing forever and at some point during my teaching career i stopped writing and i'll tell you why <laughs> it was very simple i was teaching this writing class and i was all excited and at the end of the year what we did was we had a writing benchmark and the writing benchmark was a time where all of the teachers would sit down and we'd read our students work to see if they were ready for the next level of English language class and so we would sit there and we'd read and sometimes we'd even read the regular English going into the advanced it, it, it was a very exciting time because you know a lot of us have these students for the whole year and you're looking forward to them advancing somewhere right <laughs> whether it's from level one to two or uh, to you know uh, regular to advanced it was an exciting time and so while I was reading one of my students writing pieces one of the benchmark pieces I remember I said something like oh this is so inspiring me to finish my book and there were teachers there in my vicinity that said well you know that's never gonna happen I mean teachers teach writing but we're not authors and we don't write books and there's no time how when would you find and I was so discouraged to hear that like we're not writers because we're not authors so again it's this notion of being someone first in order to do something or knowing someone for if I knew an author right maybe I would um, you know be a good writer someday and of course these women didn't know again who I was and who my family was but I was definitely if, if, if you're gonna say it's because I'm not an author I don't know an author to be a writer you know that's discouraging in and of itself but they had no idea that my brother is also a published writer and author and of course I can do that too even if I didn't have a brother who is published author I could do that but no they were discouraging me they were sounding pessimistic they were sarcastic about how teachers aren't teachers of writing aren't actually authors and writers we're just teaching the writing process well I have news for those teachers I have news for you we are all writers we are all readers we are all writers if we want to be if we want to tell a story we should be able to and again I draw it back to what are you, how are you speaking to each other how are you speaking to each other are you speaking in an encouraging way 
or are you making it seem like you know or are you telling the person that they can't get anywhere because they have to know someone they have to be someone already they you know they have a career where they just do this you're just in a box of this you're in this square and you can't do anything else because you're in this square that just tells you that that's what your career is and that's what where your worth is are you boxing people in like that and now I'm not just talking about Armenian women, but any women, right? Because some of those women in front of me, some of those teachers in front of me were Armenian and most of them were not, but they're still telling me something I cannot do because my career boxes me in somehow, because I don't know someone who is someone. And that is what I want you to take a look at in yourself this week. I want you to take a look at how you encourage the Armenian woman to flourish and grow her business. How you speak to her speaks volumes about how, to, how you speak to your own self, much less how you're speaking to you know, your sisters, your, uh, your aunt, your, your children, you know, how do you speak to an Armenian woman to encourage them? What are you saying? Are you really listening to them when they say, look at what I have? Look at what I just did. Look what I just discovered. You know, would you take a look at this? Would you tell me what it looks like? Uh, what's your opinion on this? I hope your opinion next time you're asked is going to be a positive one. I hope your opinion is gonna be constructive for them. Look, I'm not saying tell the woman to go, you know, flat broke and spend all of her savings on investing in a business that, you know, may or may not. I'm just saying that's not your decision to make, but your decision to make might be to actually encourage them, to say, why not? To say, I'd like to buy that. To say, I'd like to read that. To say, I would like to advertise you. I would like to sponsor you. I'd like to mentor you. And not who you know, what you know. You know, don't ignore her. Because when she's ignored, she'll feel it. <laughs> Again, so many of you have shared your stories about how you wanted to you know, make something known, sell something, whatever it is, and the Armenian community failed you because at the end of the day, you feel when someone is ignoring you, ignoring your calls. I have so many stories about this, it's unbelievable. Seriously, so many stories to share with you. But I'd rather not because it doesn't help anyone to embarrass any one organization or community of organizers. We're all doing important work in the community and you know, down to the woman who cooks the best Vospov Pilav for her, her Armenian events, it doesn't matter. If you're discouraging her because it didn't turn out right, or you're discouraging her because she doesn't know the right people in life and you just don't want to give her the time, she will feel it. She will feel that insult 
and it will take her further away from a community who should be supportive of her and not unsupportive and under-representing of her, undervaluing her. She'll feel it. Do you want Armenian women in our community to feel that? Do you want your own women in your family to feel that way about their craft? About their talents? How would you feel if it was your own daughter that was feeling that same kind of ignoring that we're so good at, you know? How would you feel? You wouldn't feel so good if it, if it happened to your own child. So don't do it to the next woman who introduces their crap, posts their story, shares their contribution. You know, let's encourage each other. Let's uplift each other. Let's not just do this because it's someone we know. Let's pay attention to everybody's important posts on social people Let, let's pay attention to all let's what does it hurt you my son told me the other day he said something he shared something really cool with me and um <clears throat> i asked him i said why did you like that one particular post you told me that you didn't uh, like this particular person in school and he said mom they're armenian i want to hit the like button on every armenian we always have a, an opportunity to change. This is my son, people. He's very mature, yes. But <laughs> I created him. I made that. Compliment me too. No, just kidding. But it made sense to me. He's so right. He's like, I'm going to give a like to every Armenian I can. Why not? What does it hurt to hit that like button and be supportive of our Armenian uh friends and community members if you're hearing something in the background that sounds like a crackly bag i just wanted to share with you that my cat is now trying to rip into an empty bag of a cat food he's so hungry unbelievable you'd think i don't feed them enough anyway on that note i think i'm gonna let everybody go <laughs> so i can go take care of my empowered <laughs> my empowered cat Oh, <laughs> thank you for listening to me today. And let's do our part to encourage each other. It's so, so important. Any little bit helps. We're doing great. Okay, bye. Oh boy, I think this is going to be a really long episode. Yes, you're hearing me again after the episode just ended. Um, I thought about pushing out a podcast before April 24th for obvious reasons and then I also wanted to push out a podcast for April 24th Armenian Genocide Recognition um, Day but I realize we're all going to be very busy so I'm not going to be podcasting and you are probably not going to be listening so I wanted to say this before April 24th and it's in addition to this episode you're actually hearing so it is related and it has everything to do with it's not what you know it's who you know right so you know on April 24th we all well most of us not all of us 
Um, there are so many things to do and I'll get into that in a little bit. But um, I'm mostly in Los Angeles. What we do is we gather at the um, a Turkish Assembly on Wilshire in West LA and what we do is we usually park our cars and it's really difficult to park down there because there are so many parking signs and rules for parking and all that and then we head on into a crowd and uh, maybe you're there by bus too because of you know an AYF organization or whatever um, maybe you know you're also just arriving there from some other location as a group but for those of us who individually do this we you know park somewhere and then we get in our respective groups and walk toward the stage where everything's really happening it's a big deal well i am saying that that needs to change because it's not what you know it's who you know that ends up being ahead of the game and all of us mothers, women, and children end up being behind the game, especially if you're not one of those who are in the know in our community. And, you know, it's come to my attention that as a woman, um, you know, I, you know, we've grown up, we've all grown up in this Armenian family that says, you know, the more that we produce and reproduce our Armenian heritage the more we extend and accentuate and celebrate our culture and who we are right the more we bring forth an armenian child right this is an important thing that armenian women do respectively their children that are tied to their breast whether they're newborn or not or in a stroller or a toddler walking around or a teenager as the case may be which is what my son is we produced these individuals to carry on the armenian name and the armenian heritage proudly and happily and joyfully and you know what we've got to stop having the same old same olds the same old dignitaries being set up and invited and and chairs uh kept for them up top in the first three rows on this elaborately very expensively made stage this arena for us to all gather and honor <clears throat> and celebrate and protest for justice for turkey to finally acknowledge their criminally criminal past and finally say enough is enough no more genocide ever right so who's doing all of this though who why are we even dignitaries that are being invited why are we just a few people that keep being invited year after year after year because we're important right who produced you a woman right an empowered armenian woman did and I'm so sorry that every single year I see, as mostly our dignitaries are men, the same old people in those balcony seats in the first three rows having some kind of better access to this event than anyone else. 
if we really cared about who produced these very important people that we keep encouraging and inviting year after year after year as though there aren't any other Armenians on the planet that deserve to be invited, but whatever. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm suggesting we start doing something special, putting women and children first. Because at the end of the day, we also know that women and children were some of the only people on those deportation marches because it was understood or believed to be that women weren't as strong as men. You know, after disarming and killing all the men off and you end up with all these uh, women and children uh, to fend for themselves on a long treacherous walk to hell. Well, yeah, that's who's important. That is who is important in the Armenian genocide. So we, as women, mothers, pushing strollers, we as women should be invited to be at the very front of this stage, at the very forefront of the events on April 24th, our annual protest. That's what I think. What do you think? I'm proposing a new way of organizing this important yearly event that we all think is, you know, this is going to be the last year. I wonder when it's going to be the last year that we, well, first of all, justice is something we continually um, stand up for and should promote and um, show up for actively. I'm a firm believer of that. I don't think that, you know, once something's over, it's over and we can just, you know, uh, <laughs> clap our hands and say, okay, job well done. No, you have to even continue to do that to appreciate what acknowledgments have been made. Like appreciating that, you know, our president acknowledged the Armenian genocide at all. The first president ever to do so in the United States. I don't know about your president, wherever you are. But we should continue to do that. And so what I'm proposing is even if reparations are given, even if Turkey for some odd reason gets really, really high on mushrooms and decides, yeah, you know what? We'll acknowledge the genocide. I don't care how it comes. I'm not judging. <laughs> Let it come. But every year that we have these events all across the world, we should also be showing the world how much we honor those that perished before us, the women and the children, and maybe even the elderly. We go first. Generally speaking, we don't have a lot of uh, survivors left. The elderly are at home. It's a very difficult, long day at these uh, um, commemorations because it's you know huge we have a huge population here in los angeles it's a lot of driving it's a lot of walking but we do need to start organizing these events where women and children instead of dignitaries that are men that keep getting invited to be on the front row in the box seats next to the stage year after year that needs to stop 
we need to replace all of that seating and put the women and children in there first. I'm the grandchild of a genocide survivor and a mother, and I have spoken. Okay, now the other thing I wanted to talk about to you today is my grandmother's story. It's important to hear it. It's important to hear all of our stories. We even have a, sto uh, a story food truck going around town and collecting stories. Bravo USC, Armenian Studies Department. Awesome, I studied Armenian Studies at UCLA, but it doesn't matter where. I'm so happy that somebody has decided that we need to put a food truck to good use. <laughs> what a great way of um, being conscientious of our environment and our tools around us to use, right? And so my story is um, before I was born in Chicago, Illinois, I had no clue that I was going to be born into a world where I learned that both sets of my grandparents survived the Armenian Genocide. Both sets, mom and mom's parents and my dad's parents, and wow, the things that they witnessed, the horrors they endured and survived for me to be alive today, I feel so grateful to them. So, so grateful. So my grandmother, Aravni, has an especially compelling, it had an, an especially compelling experience where she was part of the neighborhood that was marrying their daughters off very quickly because when the pogroms came down and it was understood that Armenians were going to be, well, had a big calamity come, they started pulling their senses together and uh, people started uh, to decide maybe they would leave married families and intact families alone, especially if you had children. So they started um, marrying off their, their daughters. But before that happened, when things were becoming and growing very ominous and um, you know wasn't looking good for Armenians well before April 24th, 1915, my grandmother, Aravni, told my mom that they used to put mud on their face on their walks to school or walk around town to the markets. Actually, the girls were discouraged from walking at all if they could. If they could just be indoors, they would. But they'd put mud on their face so that they wouldn't be taken by um, a Turk uh, because the Turks themselves were starting to hear about you know how we were going to eliminate they were there was going to be an elimination of armenians coming up there's going to be something going on right that um was making armenians look bad anyway and so they would walk to school with mud on their face so they wouldn't be attractive to the turks and later on on the deportations they did the same things to detract themselves to look ugly to the terrible Turk the gendarme. So my grandmother did that and then they married her to a guy in the community. She says she doesn't even remember his last name. She knew his first name and that name escapes me now. I wish I wrote it down because my mom's in dementia now and she doesn't even know who her first husband was, the one she was married off to for safety purposes. 
but um, they got married in a in a rush and had a small baby by the time they were kicked out of their home this baby was six months old and my grandmother was now by herself after having witnessed her own parents demise and destruction and murder she was forced to walk with a friend on this deportation march to hell and what happened was she had her baby on her breast about six months old boy she said she hadn't even named yet there was just no time to even talk to her then husband because he was sent off to be in the war and uh, you know sometimes that would happen right they take the the guys into war she never saw him again by the way um, but the long and the short of it is she walked on this march and at some point ran out of breast milk because she was so malnourished and so skinny now from lack of food and water um, the Turks certainly weren't feeding them on this march and starvation was setting in with her and the baby just cried and cried and cried and finally died on her breast and she um, had to dig a shallow grave for her own baby now I can't even tell you as a mom how horrified and dejected I would be like I don't even know even at age 14 I don't think I would be able to comprehend or maybe it's a benefit to her maybe it was a benefit to her that she was so young and she couldn't comprehend the loss of life there I don't know whatever it is this woman buried her own son with her bare hands that's what she told my mom with her bare hands dug a shallow grave and had a little you know cross saying uh, maybe a little prayer and the sign of the cross and that's it she got up dusted herself off and got back on that march got back on that caravan to hell with her friend encouraging her all along to stick with it and stay with her because she sees a light at the end of the tunnel what an encouraging empowering grandmother I had what an empowering grandmother I had it's no doubt to me why I have my courage today it's no doubt to me that I was able to find my courage again after a brief uh, time in you know well not so brief time in an explosive emotionally abusive marriage it's amazing to me but it's no doubt too we are made of who we are and I certainly was made of the same courage that Aravni Kushkarian who later came to marry my mother's father uh, Bedros who also survived the genocide she had so much courage that it somehow was ingrained in her genes and when she had my mom my mom passed that encouraging gene on to me. I'm so grateful every day. I'm so grateful every day to her. And because of her, my own son was born. So yes, so we need to put Armenian women and children in the forefront of these events everywhere. 
and honor them everywhere because that, my friends, is who survived the Armenian Genocide for the most part. That is who endured so much like Aurora Mardiganyan. That, my friends, is a really, really special thing we can do for Armenian women, Armenian mothers, especially everywhere. An empowering thing we can do. So if anybody of any importance is listening to this, organize your events that way. I encourage you to do that. Hope to see you this Sunday somewhere at one of our events. And in the next podcast, you'll learn how you too, even if you do not go to the Genocide Commemoration Justice March on Sunday, how, you, how else you can um, promote Armenians, how else you can celebrate April 24th, what else you can do to get your community and your heritage recognized. Okay? See you in the next episode. Bye. So in this segment, I wanted you to know that just because you aren't going to be able to attend physically any of the vigils or the justice marches, it's okay. There are so many other ways to promote your fellow Armenian, to gain recognition, to put us out there, to advertise us. There's so many ways to do that. And one way in particular is to go to your public library, whether it's online library or in your, you know, our libraries are open now. Um, COVID restrictions are down and out, I mean, uh, lifted. <laughs> and you can go to your public library, you can visit your public library and take out all of the books on Armenia or have anything to do with Armenians um, and even ask for new books that are out um, there are a couple of new books written by Armenian women that are out, out recently. You can ask for those books to be placed on order uh, or put yourself in queue in line for the next one because what that does is set off in a logarithm that tells the library that these books and these audios and these um, you know ebooks are in demand and it'll bring them to the fore so that they're able to supply accordingly. And then what you can do, of course, is go to Amazon and actually buy the books, any Armenian book. If you buy those books, then it'll put a little alert to Mr. Catrillionaire Jeff Bezos and get his people to start ordering these books more. It, you know, it, it, it's a high rating you can keep, you can, put high ratings if you want. Maybe you've already read a book. Maybe you don't have enough money to buy books. I get it. Like I said, can't get to the library even. Go to Amazon and give a rating anyway on a book that you had purchased or read before that's Armenian. Go ahead and give a five-star rating to any Armenian author, um, whether it's a book about the Armenian genocide or not. Anything will help, right? Any kind of exposure that way. Also, think about the shows you're watching. 
Um, maybe you don't like the Kardashians, but I'm watching the Kardashians on Hulu. I don't even watch the show. I just have it in the background. And I do that because they're Armenian. <laughs> yes, they're Armenian women. Sorry. Mm-hmm. Robert Kardashian's their dad. Sorry. They go to Carousel every year to celebrate his birthday as a ritual and a rule. I'm sure that restaurant owner is happy. You too can do that. But what I would do is put Armenian stuff in the background while you're cleaning, while you're doing things. You know, you don't have to watch it if you don't want to. Um, there's the Armenian dating show a lot of people are into. I'm particularly not, not into that, but that's okay too. Again, have it in the background. Who cares? You don't even have to watch it. Let's give it the ratings exposure it deserves. Click on anything. My son always says, he says, click click, um, I'm sorry, hit the like button on any one of your favorite Armenian posts or not so favorite Armenian posts, it doesn't matter, an Armenian TikTok, hit the like button. Get that a logarithm going. Go to YouTube and hit up any of our wonderful comedians and hit the like buttons on their, uh, you know, um, on their shares on YouTube. Go to my YouTube channel, hit the like button on that just because. I don't know, like just do it. <laughs> it doesn't hurt to promote us. It really doesn't, it doesn't hurt it. It actually helps because social media and the TV, it works the same way. It's about ratings. It's about how much you know traffic is going to a place. Go to Twitter and start liking all kinds of uh, things that share tweets about shares a you know shared is Armenian and she tweets a lot about the go ahead even if you don't like her what do you care what do you care why don't you want to give her the exposure she's an Armenian she's a grandchild of an Armenian genocide survivor why not go for it um, what else can you do uh, you can go to Armenian restaurants you can spend the weekend just eating Armenian food at an Armenian restaurant and talk to the waiter or waitress there and say, hey, thanks for having this awesome menu, um, this Armenian cuisine, it's delicious, whatever. Talk to someone on the street. I did, yesterday I, had, I went to Marshall's and I talked to someone who's Greek and she said, oh, you're Armenian? Oh yeah, Greeks and Armenians, we like you. you know, have a conversation, have a dialogue. Talk about Armenian issues, talk about how how much in common you have because you're Greek and you're Armenian and you both have issues with how the Turks, uh, the Turkish governments of 1915 treated you and how they continue not to acknowledge us or repatriate us. So go for it. Just start a conversation. Who cares? You know, when I was in New York, everybody talked to everybody and nobody seemed to care. There's like no, it, there's no rule um, you know, to, to striking up a conversation. There's no shame in it. Go for it. There is something you can do to promote your Armenian brothers and sisters. And last but not least, I want you to really pay attention to your kids this weekend. When they ask you the painful questions about the Armenian genocide, no matter what age they are, find an age appropriate way to speak to them about it. Do not say that we don't talk about that because it's a terrible, do not share your story with them, share other stories, explain it to them in a way they'll understand. Don't ignore our children. Our children deserve to understand whether they're 100% Armenian, as my 
uh, former students used to say, if you're 100% Armenian, that means that both sides of your family are 100% Armenian. Or if you're 50% or I don't care. If you're a third Armenian, your kids are still Armenians. Yep, that's right. So go ahead and share with them the absolute positive truth in an age-appropriate way. I'm telling you, the things we do on April 24th pale in comparison to what we can do on a daily basis to uplift, speak out, support, and encourage each other so that others are full on and well aware of us. Watch programs. There's going to be tonight in um, Los Angeles on Channel 7. Uh, Araxia, one of our wonderful news anchors, is going to have an Armenian program a half hour long on Fox News. Check it out. Stream it online. Tell your friends in every country to watch that and support Armenians everywhere. A little bit goes a long way. I know you're thinking, what is she talking about going to the library, checking out? It really is true though. That one book you check out is going to be in their digital system as, oh, look at that, it brings it to the front. Same with your kids' libraries at school. Have them start checking out every Armenian book this week. Do it soon, quickly. There's still one more day. Um, for those of you who are listening in real time, there's still Friday to check out some Armenian books and continue to do it while they're still there in school. Every school should have a book on Armenia. And if they don't, they should. And so if you know of a book to promote, I have lots of them. I promoted a lot of them last year for free last year. Uh, this year I'm doing uh, advertising not so free. So I'm not going to mention names, but we have very special Armenian book authors. And you can have your son and daughter promote them by bringing them up at school. If your children are too young to bring it up to their teachers, then you bring it up. Email the principal, email the, um, you know, the, the um, school district director, whoever you want, the superintendent, and tell them to have these books in kids' hands in the schools. Tell them to order them, order plenty of them. There are certain number of dollars that are allotted. I know this because I was a librarian once and I know everything about the librarian system. And basically, if you don't order by a certain date, then that money has to absorb into something else and that would be a shame. So let's use those funds. I mean, it's not a shame. There's, there's never any shame in any, excuse me for saying that, there's never any shame in any monies that go into teaching or education. So. Please don't uh, you know, misunderstand what I'm saying, but what I'm trying to say is when we get these scholastic book orders out, when we get the recognition of the books that are needed in our library system, it will be done in a timely fashion so the money isn't absorbed elsewhere. I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Do that today. There's so many ways to help your Armenian-ness and heritage. All right, have an empowered day. Bye.